Good morning. I remember uh, growing up in Israel, being uh, jealous of, uh, of uh, some friends of mine because they had the opportunity to uh, get on a plane and uh, fly uh, to visit the United States, and I never had. Um, can we get the first slide up? Yep, they. Uh, how many of you have been uh, on a plane? Right? And uh, hopefully, uh, it was a good experience uh, for you, as uh, all of my flights have been. Uh, but uh, not all flights uh, have uh, happy endings. Not all flights uh, end well. Uh, I can show the next slide. In uh, March uh, 8, 2014, so about uh, eight and a half years ago, if I'm doing my math correctly, there was a flight that uh, took off from Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia and um, was headed to Beijing with uh, 227 passengers and 12 uh, crew members. And yet, um, for a reason nobody knows for sure, um, the plane turned around uh, and headed to the most uninhabited place on the face of the planet, which is the southern Indian Ocean. Uh, not only uh, is it not land, but it's not on the path of any boats, right? No boats will ever go in that direction. There's nothing out there. And, uh, and sadly, all, uh, to the best of our knowledge, all uh, 339 uh, uh, souls on board perished in that, in that ocean. Um, why, why do I start uh, my message with such a sad story? It's because uh, the human race is uh, on a similar trajectory. Uh, we are, we are uh, also all headed to destruction unless somehow uh, there was a way of saving us, which, uh, which for these uh, people on the plane, there was none. But uh, praise the Lord, for us, there is a way of salvation. We can be saved from uh, the path of destruction we are on, and that's what the passage today is about. So turn with me, or you could also follow the verses on uh, the screen. We'll read through the second half of Romans chapter 5. So Romans 5, verse 12 through 21. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned, for until the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. I'll go ahead and stop there just because it's a lot, and, um, and we'll continue as uh, the message uh, continues. So we can have the next slide. Uh, <coughs> welcome to, uh, to your pilot. Uh, 
the one who's flying the plane you're on, his name is Adam. And uh, he uh, gets to be the captain of the plane uh, by virtue of being the first man. Uh, God created him, and we're all his descendants. Adam uh, was given a choice by God. God placed Adam uh, in a garden, the Garden of Eden, and we're told in Genesis 2, uh, chapter, <coughs> sorry, verse 16, and the Lord commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Adam and, uh, and Eve had a choice. They, they lived in a beautiful garden that God had created for them, and, uh, and we don't know uh, what the future would have held for them had they <coughs> remained there and continued in obedience to God's command. Uh, but God gave them just one command, just one command, and that was they were not allowed to eat of the fruit of a single tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God warned them very clearly what would happen if they disobeyed him. They would die. And uh, yet, Adam and, and Eve, uh, some people would like to blame Eve for this because she ate it first, but the Bible actually lays the blame on Adam. He was ultimately the one responsible, uh, and, uh, and he ate of that fruit. And as a result, he died. Uh, he died physically, uh, he died spiritually, and unless God would do something to intervene, he would die for all of eternity. The uh, bad news uh, that, uh, that we uh, have today in this passage is that uh, this problem spread to all of us. Paul said in the first verse, therefore just as through one man, that's Adam, sin entered the world and death through sin, and that death spread to all men because all sinned. Uh, in God's eye, Adam was our representative. And uh, among theologians, this is called federal headship. Uh, when uh, uh, Adam sinned, God um, viewed all of us as being in Adam and all of us participating in our sin, in, in his sin. And as a result, the consequences that came upon Adam, that of death, uh, happened to all of us. That is why we're all like the people on flight uh, MH370. Uh, we're all headed to sure doom by virtue of being part of the human race, by virtue of having Adam as our federal head. Now, we may not like uh, this doctrine. We may not like the idea that because Adam sinned, uh, we're all in trouble, but this is something that is uh, common uh, to human history. Uh, for example, right now, uh, there is a war between Russia and Ukraine, and as a result, many nations in the world have put uh, Russia under uh, some type of, uh, what's the word for it, embargo? Sorry? Sanctions, right? If you, 
If you want to buy certain things in Russia from the rest of the world, you can't. Uh, if you want to sell certain things from Russia to the rest of the world, you can't. And all of that is because of the leader, of Vladimir Putin, who decided it was time to invade Ukraine. Um, there's, there's a consequence to that entire nation, and that has been true in history. When a leader of a country, as the leader of the country, decides to, to do something, it impacts all of the citizens of that country. And the same is true uh, with us and with Adam. Because Adam chose to sin against God, it impacted all of us. Um, Paul anticipates that this doctrine would be uh, somewhat unpopular, so he continues in proving his point in verse 13 and 14. He says, for until the law, sin was in the world. I have uh, kids, as most of you <coughs> know. Uh, they, they look as cute as, uh, as any child can look. And, uh, and yet I have bad news for you. Uh, all of my kids are sinners. And one of the things you discover as a parent, uh, you don't actually have to teach them to sin, right? Now, it's true that some sins could be taught, right? And the way parents uh, uh, teach and train their children can definitely impact the life that the children <coughs> will live, but we didn't have to teach our children to sin. <coughs> Uh, David was known as, as a, a man after God's own heart. And yet even he uh, sinned against God in a, in a grotesque way. He committed adultery, and then he committed murder to try to cover up his adultery. And uh, in Psalm 51, as, uh, as he uh, uh, repents, he, uh, he includes this verse, Psalm 51, in verse 5, he says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin. My mother conceived me. He wasn't blaming his mother for his sin, but he was just recognizing that sin was part of his nature. It was something he inherited. Where did he inherit it from? He inherited it from Adam. When Adam sinned against God, he led us down this path away from God, and so we're all born separated from God, which is exhibited by our sin, our sinful nature. The second evidence uh, Paul gives, which is in verse 14, he says, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam. Um, we all uh, are destined to end up in one of these plots. We're all uh, going to die physically. And that's something that Paul acknowledged. Death reigned from Adam to Moses. The point he's making is, in Adam's case, God gave a very specific command, a very specific warning. And he said, don't do this or you will die. <coughs> uh, the people between uh, Adam and Moses didn't have such a law. In Moses, again, a law was given that explained when people will die, what kind of violations will result in death. But between Adam and Moses, there was no law. The people living between that time didn't have any specific command from God that by breaking it, they would deserve to die. And yet they still 
died. And Paul again says that is because they were in Adam. And because Adam sinned against God, Adam had to die. And because we are in Adam, we have to die. Right? And so that's, that's the bad news of this passage. The good news starts at the end of verse 14, when we're told that Adam was a type of him who was to come. Um, it's hard to imagine how uh, flight MH370 uh, could have been saved. But um, you know, one way of visualizing it uh, would be if another plane came along uh, sometime before uh, flight MH370 uh, went down and was in some way able to transfer the passengers into this new plane. And that plane could fly them uh, into uh, the correct destination. I mean, just a hypothetical. I know that's not a likely scenario. And, uh, and praise God, uh, he has uh, provided a way for, that, for us to be saved. And that way is uh, in Christ. We're told in 1 Corinthians 15, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. The human race has two uh, federal heads. It has Adam, uh, who became a federal head by virtue of uh, being the first man. And we have uh, Christ, who became a new federal head because God provided him to us for that purpose. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45, it adds, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a life, a, li a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. And afterward, the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. God, knowing our need to be saved, sent us a new federal head, a new person that we could, that could represent us before God. Adam represents everyone who was born of him, which includes everybody on the face of the planet. And uh, Jesus represents everyone who puts their faith in him. So that's the good news, is we have a new federal head, federal head in Christ. Um, let me go ahead and continue with the passage. So back to uh, Romans chapter 5 and verse 15. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, 
much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. And we'll save the last couple of verses for the end of the passage. So again, this might be a little bit difficult to follow, but that is because as Paul is comparing the two, he's here comparing what we got through Adam, which is sin and death, and what we got through Christ, which is the gift of salvation, uh, he wants to make clear to us that the two are not equivalent. Uh, it's not like Adam broke something and Jesus fixed it. Jesus gave us far more than we lost in Adam. Uh, by way of illustration, let's say, again, it's super unlikely, but that the, uh, the company, uh, Malaysia Airline, was able to send a second plane to intercept that first plane and get everybody off board and, uh, and take them to safety. Had they just finished the flight and said, okay, here we are in Singapore, uh, sorry, in Beijing, where you guys wanted to get, sorry about the delay, but hey, we got you here after all, so please be thankful. Uh, let's imagine that uh, the CEO of a Malaysian airline said, you know, I feel so terrible about what happened. Um, he would say, uh, okay, I'm going to give everybody that was on this flight uh, a free ticket uh, to anywhere in the world, first class, and, uh, and a vacation, you know, all expenses paid on me. And by the way, for as long as you want. <laughs> right? I mean, that would be pretty generous, right? Or that would be, you'd be pretty happy. You might say, okay, I don't mind having been part of this expedition and heading, you know, toward distraction in the South uh, Indian Ocean. You know, this, this is totally worth it, right? Um, in a similar way, the salvation that Christ offers is so far above uh, what happened in, in Adam that from, from an eternal perspective, we would say it was totally worth to have been in danger of, of, uh, of death and separation from God when we consider the blessings that we receive through Christ. Uh, again, what could have God done and said? He could have said, okay, you know, guys, I understand it's been a, you had a bad time, but now I'm going to bring you back into the Garden of Eden, right? And, and you know, there's lots of good fruit trees, uh, you know, so, you know, please enjoy. But no. God has done so much more. Uh, we don't just have um, a restored relationship with God, but we have been put into the family of God. If God would have just restored us to where Adam was, we could sin again, right? I could choose to eat from the forbidden fruit, and I'd be back in trouble again. Or I could have disobeyed any of God's commandment and be, again, separated from God. But uh, 
now in Christ, I'm a member of God's family, and I cannot be separated from God. And this passage hints on it when it, when it points out that um, Christ's gift of salvation comes in spite of many offenses. Jesus didn't just pay for Adam's sin. He paid for all of my sins, too, all of my past sins and all of my future sins, and that of for all of humanity. There is no sin that can separate you from God in Christ because Jesus paid uh, for all of our sins. Now, Adam had a mortal body. Uh, we don't know, uh, you know, how long that body would have kept on functioning, you know, hopefully uh, forever, but it, it still had, was a limited body. Uh, Adam would have had to eat. He would have had to sleep. Uh, but we are receiving a new body uh, from God. We're going to receive a body like that of the Lord Jesus, right? An eternal body. Um, we're headed uh, not to the Garden of Eden, but to heaven itself, uh, to be in the presence of God. Uh, and, and we could go on and on. Uh, and in fact, in Ephesians 1, <coughs> it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Uh, if I spent enough time, I could probably find uh, at least 20 or 30 different blessings uh, that we get because of our union with Christ in the scriptures. But we're told that God has given us every spiritual blessing, right? God, God's able to find a lot of spiritual blessings I'm not able to find. And all of those are ours in Christ, right? So, so we receive far more uh, through Christ than we've ever lost uh, in Adam. Now, we might understand, had we been on, uh, you know, flight uh, 3M370, uh, and, um, and the CEO didn't give us such a marvelous package uh, when he rescued us, because it, it costs money, right? Uh, Malaysia Air actually, uh, all went, I think, almost went bankrupt as a result of the money they had to spend for the search and lost business. Uh, they couldn't afford to, to spend uh, millions of dollars on sending hundreds of people on eternal vacations around the globe. Uh, but uh, in our case, uh, God has fully paid for all the blessings that we receive in Christ. It says in verse 18, it says, Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. Uh, Jesus died on the cross. Uh, God paid for all of our sins. Uh, it's not, all the blessings that we receive in Christ are not without expense. Uh, they are at the infinite expense of Christ. Uh, he suffered on the cross for you and for me so that we could have all of God's blessings. They're secure because of what Jesus has done for you and for me. Okay. Um, Back to those uh, uh, last two verses in the passage. Um, it says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. 
But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, uh, people often believe that in order to go to heaven, I have to keep the law of God. And that's something Paul is continuing to wrestle with in the letter uh, to the Romans. And people might say, well, God gave us the law. Why would God give us the law if he didn't expect us to be able to keep it in order to go uh, to heaven? And Paul explains it, saying, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. Um, I would think of it, again, going back to our illustration of uh, being on this flight. Uh, let's say you're on this plane. Uh, MH370, uh, you know, somewhere over uh, the South Indian Ocean. Uh, the plane is running out of fuel, and someone came to you with a map and said, look, you know, I can explain the, the problem you're in. See, you know, here are the different uh, flight patterns that you're allowed to take in the world. Uh, if you want to get to Beijing, you need to be on that flight pattern. Uh, you're off the mark. You're not where you're supposed to be. Um, you know, I would get frustrated with that person. I understand perfectly well <laughs> that I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Uh, but I can't do anything to fix it. Uh, the same is true with the law. Bring me uh, the law of God, and the law of God will show me clearly how I am deviating from God's will for me, but it doesn't give me the power to follow God's law. I cannot become righteous by being given the law of God. All the law of God will show me is how far off the map I am. So Paul says, the law entered that the offense might abound. It's showing all the more, really, how sinful I am. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Uh, the purpose of God giving us the law was to show us how far we were from God so that we would want to be saved from that situation. Again, the, the people on that plane cannot save themselves. They cannot correct the flight path and get themselves back where they needed to be, but they can cry out and say, help, right? We see how far we are from where we need to be. I can cry out saying, help. God, I need to be saved from uh, being on this path of sin and death. Yes, it describes my life, and I need to be saved from it. And that's when God's grace can abound. He can remove me from being on the wrong path to being on the right path. Jesus came to provide salvation, but he's not going to force himself on anyone. He won't force you to get off the plane of Adam from being in Adam and put you forcibly into Christ. That's a decision that you need to make. You have to accept what it is uh, that God has done for you. Uh, so in, in closing, uh, in application, uh, something that, that you have to wrestle with, with uh, which flight are you on, right? Uh, what is it that describes your life? Are you in Adam? 
uh, does sin dominate your life and are you on the path to death, to eternal separation from God? Uh, or are you in Christ, uh, enjoying God's blessing and heading uh, to an eternity with God uh, in heaven? I cannot put you on the right uh, flight. Uh, God has done everything that's necessary. Uh, the only thing that's left for you to do is believe. As we were studying Romans, we see again and again that salvation is by faith. Uh, we started with uh, the theme verse or verses of, of Romans. It's, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, the good news that Jesus came into the world to be our Savior, uh, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Jesus did the work. He provided the work of salvation. Uh, all that's left for you is to believe. Um, for the righteousness of God uh, is revealed uh, from faith to faith. As it is written, the just uh, shall live by faith. Uh, so there's many more verses I can quote. Um, let me just finish from, with the following ones from uh, John. Uh, one says, uh, he was in the world, Jesus, and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. John 3, that was John 1. John 3, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, again in John 3, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. And uh, John again, this one is in 1 John chapter 5, and the last passage I'll read. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your great plan of salvation. We thank you for sending the Lord Jesus Christ to be uh, our new federal head, someone who re would represent us before God and someone who would pay for all of our sins and then give us every spiritual gift uh, in the heavenly places. Lord, we pray for anyone here who hasn't yet put their faith in you and transferred from being in Adam to being in Christ. We pray that you help them put their faith in you and receive your marvelous plan of salvation. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.